0: Welcome to Business Line's State of the Economy podcast, where you'll find insight, analysis, and the story behind the numbers.
1: Hello and welcome to a brand new edition of the State of Economy podcast. I'm your host, Hamsini Karte. We're dealing with a new topic in the financial services space. In fact, it's just come up. It's called the Public Tech Platform. What exactly Public Tech Platform means isn't a credit enhancing opportunity for the country and for the lenders? To decode all this, we have with us Madhusudan Ekambaram, the co founder of CreditP. CreditP is among the largest fintechs in the country and it has partnered with a lot of banks and fintechs and has proved to be a very successful one in the partnership model. Madhusudan is here to break down exactly how partnerships and a collaboration in a mega platform like the public tech platform can help multiply credit especially to the most deserved ones hello madhu thank you so much for joining in someone uh, possibly as the most uh, successful fintech in the whole uh, space which is which is partnered with so many people within the lending ecosystem we would like to hear you talk about Your take on the entire public tech platform. So welcome once again to the show, Madhusul.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Hamsini, for uh, hosting me here. I look forward for this discussion.
1: In your mind, what was the reason or what was the trigger for this whole public tech platform that RBI ruled out about? What is the particular problem or what is that particular uh, gray area in the whole lending space that you believe this tech platform can uh, solve?
0: So I'm saying before I start, probably I'll give some introduction about you know what was our journey and and then kind of try to relate your question uh, to that journey itself, uh, right? So back in uh, 2018, uh, we launched Credit B. Credit B is a a digital lending app which was launched on the Android platform, uh, which was mainly focused on serving the the middle India. So what I mean by mm. middle India is. Uh, these are the cities which are uh, which are let's say not the metro cities, not the rural ecosystem, but the the ones which are like in the top hundred cities, but barring the top ten cities, right? So the between the eleventh and the 100th uh, cities, which are district headquarters in many um, many states, which are the the towns, uh, which are the talukas, the the main concentration at which we wanted to solve it now right. when we looked at that particular market i think there are two, two or three things that came out very very stragglingly uh, as an something that the financial inclusion uh was very much necessary there when we looked at that you know the bureau the credit bureau penetration which is an indicative of how much of the population is currently banked in the formal sector all uh, mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. back in 2018 i think that was the entire bureau penetration was only about 20 percent of the entire indian uh, population Right. So there was this large 80 percent of the population which was not covered by the bureaus at that point of time, mm-hmm. uh, which basically meant that, you know, these guys were be- trying to bank with an unorganized sector. Uh, right. Yep. So that's mm-hmm. the opportunity, what we thought we would solve it by using the technology platform. Right. So now the, I'll give you one more data point which can help us realize the how tech has enabled uh, for the formal banking for these sectors. So every day today, uh, we get about close to 60,000 new loan applications on our app, right? So now on this 60,000 new loan applications, okay. um, let's say our, our approval rate is anywhere between 12 to 14%. So we end up giving about like six to 7,000 new loans on a daily basis. Now, the reason right. why I quoted this particular metric here is that just imagine 60,000 people trying to line up even to submit yeah. loan applications in front yeah. of the physical branches of the banks, right? So let alone underwriting them, even the document collection through a physical yeah. or a physical way itself becomes a nightmare for any physical infrastructure to kind of hold this kind of a scale. So uh, this can largely be solved with the technology as a platform, where the entire end-to-end process is is digitally led you know so starting from origination starting from the kyc process yeah, um uh, right. B- B- kyc process which, which 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 requires certain digital element but but still yeah. one could operate sitting in an office then underwriting then the collections everything to be led digitally can the only way to solve for this particular problem and uh, in that way the tech platform as such made us today for example like you know so we have served close to about like 10 million customers almost 9 to 10 million customers have ever borrowed from our platform among that more than 1 million customers came to our platform without any sort of a credit score or any credit bureau footprint right so uh, what we call them as the thin files or the new to credit more than 1 million customers have graduated from being a uh, new to credit uh, Mm. having any kind of a formal credit history prior to coming to our platform today, have developed a very credible bureau score. Now, look at the people's mindset here, right? So, the people mindset largely is to go for a a home loan ultimately. What is the middle class? When I talk about mid-India, so we are talking about the middle class, right? So, what is the middle class's ultimate aim in life? Is to go for this house loan, right? So, finally going and buying a house loan. Now, house loan for somebody without having proven a a good credit track record is very, very tough to get from a a banking sector. This is where we come in and then we have helped these people to build that kind of a credit score, which ultimately they they are made eligible to kind of go for this home loan, right? So um, I think I I talked about a couple of metrics and then uh, that's how I try to kind of indicate on how the tech has really made the changes, at least from my own experience, how tech has enabled a large part of this mid-India or the middle-class India uh to get into the formal lending or the formal banking sector yeah
1: you spoke about having formalized uh, a huge population the fear that you know a lot of lenders used to have at least till a certain point in time is that this uh, uh, 50% of the new to credit population is unbankable because you you don't know their credit history their their credit behavior may not be reliable along with you know, the public tech platform throwing up a lot of data, including land records, etc. And your own experience of having dealt with people in the below tier two categories. uh, How do you think that uh, customer engagement and underwriting both can be uplifted by using this sort of uh, technology enabled parameters? No
0: sure. Uh, so see um, um, again. Let me talk uh, something on what is the practicality of uh, today's uh, formal sector, uh, right? So one is while a lot of our middle class, media uh, segment of people are very much intact with the credit discipline, as in as in like okay. they would be borrowing from, let's say the the local pawnbroker, or they would be borrowing from a a cooperative society. Of course, right. cooperative societies right. are regulated. They would be borrowing from friends and family now most of these guys actually pay in time you know a good percentage of the people pay this kind of credit in 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 time but the discipline or that particular credit behavior is not formally recorded anywhere now this is the issue what what the 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 challenge what most of the middle class mid-india people basically face um now when they are not recorded that is not acknowledged right, right. By, by the formal sector now that is right. one of the problems now therefore what i basically try to indicate is that it is not totally true that the mid-india middle class in india are mostly the defaulters or they are not paying back the money uh or there is not enough records it's just that the 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 formal recording of their behaviors are not done sufficiently uh in today's ecosystem Right.
1: right. So second part right. Yes.
0: second part is the ticket size eligibility right so what i mean by that is um, for any physical infrastructure-led banking uh, operations, a mm. uh, certain minimum ticket size of loan makes a lot of sense. For example, for you, you, know, you and me would be operating in one of the top top banks where, where we would be banking. Now, if we call them up or if you try to call them up and ask for a, a 25,000 rupee personal loan or a 30,000 rupees personal loan, the straight answer would be, you know, probably they would want to give you a 3 lakh to 5 lakh or they want to give you a credit card in, in that particular scenario. Exactly. Now, uh, what are the problems here? Majority of the mid-India, middle-class India are not eligible for more than a lakh, more than 50,000 rupees kind of a, a credit facility. Their annual income should be at about like 5 to 6 lakh rupees. And yes. the regular expenses, it could be the, I mean, 5 to 6 lakh rupees largely translates to about, after tax, about 40,000 rupees, 35, 35 to 40,000 rupees in hand. And mm. they... Paying for about like 15,000, 10 to 15,000 rupees for their rentals. They have to take care of a couple of kids. If they are going to school, then the school fee has to be paid. And uh, they would be having at least a a two-wheeler kind of a vehicle loan where they're already servicing some of this uh, EMIs from Mm. their salary. So the eligibility itself for that particular population is not really beyond 50,000 rupees or 1 lakh for their emergency personal needs. Uh, mm. right. So now we cannot entirely blame uh a physical infrastructure led NDFC or a bank here because with that infrastructure in place, they would want a certain ticket size to be managed. Well, um now that's where the otherwise the, it doesn't
1: make economical sense for them. It does mm.
0: not make economical sense for them to kind of operate. Now, mm. in that way, the, the this entire problem can be only solved using the digital infrastructure, right? So the digital okay. the tech infrastructure, what comes into the play, can solve for this. Largely, the you know what I call it as a, a low ticket personal loan segment, um, okay. which is which is ultimate need of this mid m- middle class India that can be solved using digital because you don't have a physical infrastructure there, right? So that's the cost benefit what one could gain by uh, by having the digital way of solving this particular inclusion problem.
1: So you're saying it's not a quality issue there; it is even the reach issue. One step uh, before even issue, we can go to the minimum quality.
0: eligibility issue right so there are multiple of these issues further to that we deal with a lot of tier 2 cities or tier 3 towns in those towns you don't find many private bank branches over there right so you would largely find either sbis of the world having their uh, uh, branches one or two branches at best right. uh, in the right. city right. but right. not the uh, super aggressive private banks which probably what we find in the metro cities or in the tier 1 cities they, they are non existent mm-hmm. uh, with such aggression uh, in those cities, uh, right? So mm-hmm. so the, the availability of the infrastructure or, or even that particular uh, branches itself also makes it uh, difficult for the formal large banks to kind of solve for this problem. And uh, that's where the digital infrastructure mm-hmm. or the digital uh, app-based lending has really made a difference in terms of inclusion, the financial inclusion of this category of population.
1: Perfect. Uh, when I was looking at the entire circular and uh, trying to figure out what this whole... Uh, public tech platform could possibly mean uh, clearly it's not a lending platform it's only an enabler platform where data from across a lot of segments will get pooled in and uh, which would enable somebody a lender who was onboarded on that platform to look into a customer's uh, back-end data and accordingly take a credit decision uh, is my understanding of the whole platform right
0: Definitely, that's, that's that's what it is uh, today, you know, so there is certain uh, uh, proper... So this certain... is
1: almost like a, if I were to put it in very understandable manner, an aggregator for an account aggregator, because this is what account aggregator was intended at, that uh, the basic KYC related data is made available in a single platform, uh, from there, banks or NBFCs can pick up whatever they need, and thereby reduce their turnaround time, right? Here it goes three steps beyond what AA is supposed to do. And it has every uh, uh, back-end information about that particular person, right? So when AA itself has taken more than a year uh, to sort of come into mainstream and find acceptance among a lot of uh, uh, lenders, both banks and NBFCs, because there were a lot of uh, credibility and trust-related issues that had to be sort of addressed there. Uh, where do you think the challenge for uh, uh, the public tech platform could be?
0: Let me uh, just take a couple of uh, steps back and, and start start answering this question. See, I think uh, the digitalization itself had a major positive impact in the inclusion and the lending sector. Uh, okay. For example, you know, if you we, if we start looking about like six, seven years back, um, it was the India stack. Uh, right, so the entire Aadhaar ecosystem, which was brought in, um, where it was EKYC was uh, was made possible, where where the the CKYC systems came in, where the digital mm. lock came in, right? So mm. most of them be- became some of the building blocks in, in in digitizing this entire banking process, right? So they were yeah. they were hugely successful post that i think the one of the application based infrastructure was the upi uh, right so yes. upi is a grand success i mean it's a, it is one of the uh, successful factor which which keeps us or which separates us from the entire global system right so today in oh. us there is nothing which can be related or equivalent of upi that is already there functioning there right so and upi has been taken by many other countries also right that entire enfi- right. entire infrastructure now those entire uh, digital ecosystems what the regulator and the government is trying to make it active has largely benefited both the public and even the the enterprise or the banking side or the banking industry as well uh, right so that's that's one part of the story now second is very much coming to account aggregators right so account aggregator was one of the uh, one of the thoughts which was formalized about two to three years back, I think three to four years back when the licenses were started issuing. Earlier, it was in license. Then it was converted to a a formal license. um, What got into play? Now, account aggregators took certain time in terms of uh, making a practical impact you know so the first thing was you know when when really the account aggregator started the the banks were not uh, did not have the infrastructure in their backends to offer the account aggregator related solutions i mean like the bank account access was available but today i think that has greatly improved so today the success rates have gone very high i mean three i mean we are we are one of the probably one of the largest users of the AA ecosystem. And okay. we do fetch a lot of A information in underwriting our, our customers. Uh, now the success rates in the last three years has dramatically increased in terms of the information what we could avail for our customers, right? So back in 2021, when we started using it, um, I think the success rate was less than 10% for us. I mean, if we hit right. for... Fall- 100 customers, we would hardly get about information about like 10 or less than 10 customers. Now that percentage has gone beyond majority, right? So now it is about like 60% for us. The success rates are 60%, right? So... Now, maybe in five years down the line or 10 years down the line, this success rates might go up to 70, 80 or 90% as well. That's the time vintage also one has to kind of look into considerations whenever such such digital uh, platforms are shaping up the industry, right? So we should not jump very much early into the conclusions, whether anybody who evaluated in 2021 about AAs had the feeling that, you know, whether whether this, is this only a th- theoretical concept and right. whether any kind of a practical use of it, but today Absolutely. you might see that I think I think that is improving greatly. Now, coming to the public tech platform what we are envisioning, uh, right, I think, I think that is a step, you know, it, it's a step next on top of this AA, right, so AA has a certain BFSI information what is kind of aggregated, uh, but there is a need to kind of get Let's say you know if we are underwriting a, a small SME or a micro SME, we need his GST led uh, data. Uh, when we have to kind of do a secured loan, then we need data around his the property, whether whether it is a, a grade A property or whether he's using an imperfect property. What do we call it as a perfect property, imperfect property, uh, right? So what kind of property and everything? You know, sometimes the entire diligence takes a month together, uh, especially yeah. when you do the secured. Uh, loan when we have to aggregate all this information because systems are a little bit disintegrated today, you know, so uh, in Bangalore, the the system is like, you know, there is a BDA, BBMP where there is a A A-Khata, B-Khata systems and whatnot. The moment Uh, you go to a tire-to-town, this concept does not even exist over there. They would be talking about Pani or Podi or any of those sorts. So there is, there is a decision. Uh, I mean, it is not a uniform system today in terms of yes. underwriting some of these things. And therefore, you know, uh, it's a, it's a good step by getting out of this public infrastructure time, maybe, and, you know, as, as you are also kind of questioning, it may not lead to results, practical success may not be within a year's time or so, but, but you know who knows what happens in a decade uh, right <laughs> so we have a lot of success in many of these tech platforms what has been led by the government and the and the, and the regulators yeah
1: I, i'll i'll go back to the question where we started as a fintech who started off collaborating with uh, uh, non banks and banks on small ticket uh, loans i would say creditbee was initially a push product you had to reach out Today, you've come to a stage where people are reaching out to you for your distribution strength. How do you see people like you adding value to the platform? Because I I think pretty much banks, non-banks, fintechs, digital lenders, everybody are going to be there on the platform. So where do you see the incremental value coming for Credit B through the public tech platform?
0: So let me talk a little bit about the collaborations that we did with the banking and the and the non banking NBFCs. You know, when we started B, we already had a NBFC license. You know, so uh, we were an NBFC company even when we started. To give you an idea, you know, so back in 2018, when I launched KredB, uh, the first month of, of our launch, uh, we d- disbursed about uh, two and a half crores worth of loans. Uh, right. So, but. By the fifth month, by the fifth month, we were disbursing close to about hundred crores of loan. All right, so that oh. was the kind of pace, right? Somebody might look at this and say that you know you guys were so aggressive, damn aggressive, and whatnot. But I'll I'll tell you what was the background there, right? So we were not marketing because we didn't have enough capital yes. at that time. We were, we didn't have any capital to cater to such demand itself right so we were marketing more than 90 percent of the loan applications or the people who are coming onto our platform was organic it was purely through the word of mouth Uh, we were not spending even a single dollar to acquire those customers that was one thing second is um when when such pace of growth was happening we had very very limited capital now Now, this is the condition for a non-collaborative mode. If I had thought about it at that particular point of time, I could have done only about like 30, 40 crores of that entire volume (laughs) was happening in that fifth month. All right. Right, Now, how could I cater to such demand and serve those customers was purely because of the co- the the collaborations what we did with some of these larger nbfcs right so
1: right. Sure. Uh,
0: it, it was IAFL, which which came in as one of the first corporate NBFC to partner with us um i think i think that during that phase uh, that was made possible later when we progressed you know just to give you an idea today um we dispersed more than 1700 crores every month uh, right so 1700 courses is a pretty large number uh, for a single growing entity to kind of cater to today we have about like more than 10 nbfc partners yes. co-lends along with our nbfc uh, right so uh, it is it is punavalof it is cholamandalam uh, it piramal. is IML, piramal tata capital which is tata coming Aditya Birla's of the world and whatnot, right? So so the, uh, Aditya Birla, we are integrating and we are starting almost in, in, in a couple of months oh, um, cool. uh-huh. phase with, with Aditya Birla. Now, when they came in, then only this demand could be kind of catered to, uh, right? So uh, I think in that so, way, collaboration was one of the key factors which led us to where we are today. Uh, Without that, totally trying to be self-sufficient on our own in BFC capital, I think we would have been operating at half the scale, uh, probably, or or even less than that, if we were to do it by totally by ourselves. So now that's the difference what collaborations have made to this industry.
1: Do I infer then that, you know, with a lot of information getting available at the back end, with the turnaround time significantly expected to drop down, you would... See that the, uh, we're talking about becoming a 5 trillion economy. And uh, uh, my guess is that this drive to 5 trillion will be a consumption led uh, growth. So all these puzzles of the uh, pieces of the puzzles put together, do you do you see it as a great compounder to uh, loan growth in the ecosystem? Oh, definitely.
0: Yes. Right. So it's the compounding, uh, what I call it as a, let's say the tech platform compounding, uh, right? So starting with the India stack, the the Aadars ecosystem, the UPI right. system, uh, the Aa uh, systems which has come in is all compounding towards the greater efficiency. All right, so this is the so, compounding effect which has kind of led to these efficiencies. Um, wherein the the need of today's customers is also growing. It's a very growing economy. It has to be led by consumptions. It is a middle class dream led like, economy.
1: economy uh, right. Yeah. So what I
0: what I mean by this is today the India middle class is growing tremendously. Uh, right. So. Mm. Um, earlier education was a problem, earlier jobs were a problem. You know, how many people in a, a single family were working was, was a major concern. How many women were working was a major concern. Today, that entire metrics are all changing uh, in the mm-hmm. middle uh, right so education is one of the greatest thing uh, which is enabling many people from a family to kind of work and contribute to the that particular household uh a- economy uh, right so yes. when when such changes are happening the needs are also there now what are the needs here uh, let me let me put it in couple of ways right so there is a school fee loan which is required for this father right so for yes. that. Uh, uh, you know, takes us about a decade back if he's still going and borrowing from a pawn broker or from an informal sector, uh, right? So now he has to kind of have these efficiencies in hand so that he can enable his kids to kind of get this education. Now there is a brother or a sister of this particular head of the family who gets into a job or who gets into a college. Now he has to solve for their commutation, uh, right? So now the way they solve for the commutation is by buying a second-hand two-wheeler. Now, there is no formal lending ecosystem that has developed for the used two-wheelers. Now, he has to go for this, um, the personal loans to kind of solve for it. Uh, I'm just giving you a couple of examples, you know, so which which kind of also enables people for a greater good, which adds to the economy, right? So um, those kind of needs is something what um, uh, needs to be solved in a much more efficient way and 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 that's the trend at which we are all growing is what I see, and and that's a good news uh, for for both the customers okay. and the uh, the lending ecosystem.
1: What are the main learnings at Credit B and and for you personally through the collaboration route? Because uh, as much as you know co lending or partnering with lenders is concerned, sounds like a simple thing. It's very difficult. The moment you go near, different uh, structures start coming into the agreement. So, what are your takeaways? And uh, for somebody who's looking at, you know, a mega level collaboration with a platform like this, what would your two, uh, what would your uh, bit of advice be to them?
0: Yeah, sure. So, so there is no um, uh, simple turnaround for for all these collaborations or the trust that one has to win in the ecosystem. I think in my earlier days, probably I have knocked many doors. Uh, to collaborate. We were a uh, no-name simple fintech company which was trying to look for partnerships within the banks and the the NBFCs of the corporate large NBFCs. And yeah, you know, the rejections are part of that. Uh, It's more about, you know, continuously trying for it, right? So, I don't know, uh, especially with the banks and NBFCs, I would have met more than 50 more than 60 these institutes before cracking a real partnership which was kind of uh, doing a co-lending right so i think i think those rejections are part of life uh, right That's so but a
1: fabulous yeah. number that you're yeah, quoting yeah. here yeah okay so,
0: uh, you know that was the only role for me you know i had to kind of go and collaborate so i had to i, I used to book about like five to six meetings a day and, and oh. many of these people, right? So, I mean, apart from that, I don't know what was the role of a CEO back then because I had a very credible co-founders who could take off the internal operations or the technology operations, yeah. So I used to go and literally hang out and meet and, and rejections were happening on the table every now and then. I mean, some, somebody would at least listen to me for an, half an hour and then reject. And I faced rejections even in a five minutes, right? So in a five minutes on, on top of the table, he would say that, yeah, I'm getting a call and you know, uh, we can meet later. Why don't you walk off from here, right? So the, those those rejections are, are going to happen because it is not that they are mistreating you because being a large corporate NBFC or a bank's head or a, a senior manager has his own obligations right. where he has to look at where the bank is partnering with, you know, so when right. you have much lot of track record, you don't have a vintage, um, then it also puts the other party into a very, very tough position to kind of extend their hand and then collaborate, lend their name, uh, um, partnership, start this process because they are not aware of how good and how prudential and how diligent are you. Um, and and whether they do they have such time to kind of even single sit and evaluate maybe not at that particular point of time right so but on the other hand, I think it's a continuous try uh, from the fintech that has to happen at a very very early stage and and we right. have gone through all that right so then so a couple of partnerships happened um now now what happens is during the partnerships one should not act too smart I mean it can be <laughs> it can be beneficial in a short term, uh, you know, one one would feel that, you know, they acted smart and that benefited on a short term, but the other guys are not stupid people, right? So they are are not, they are also equally intellectual people. And once they figure that out, um, there is a a trust factor that gets diluted um, within the partnerships, right? So the further partnerships, larger partnerships only happen depending on how the base of the initial partnerships have been created and what the kind of, uh, the positive feel uh, that the partners extend to other parties who are coming into this uh, a grand partnership, uh, right? So I think in that ways one has to one has to think about that and act accordingly, uh, which which will lead to that. So again, the partnerships is also a compounding effect, uh, right? So right. Um, and again, you know, uh, just to just to let you know, today the largest partners. Does a co-lending of close to about 400 tours on a monthly basis with us. While well, I told that I have about like more than 10 partners, uh, the largest take such exposure with us, and and there is an increasing demand from these partners that they want to get more origination from our platform. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you know we are we are in a backseat saying that uh, we don't want to increase the concentration risk on any single partner here, and 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 that's where we restrict the volumes to these partners, right? So. Things turn around, and it was not a, too much of a time, right? So, two thousand eighteen, and we are in two thousand twenty-three. It's a five years timeline where where all these things have compounded. So, be true to yourself. Um, don't oversmart the partners just for a short term gain. Uh, would right. would be my, constantly try. Uh, would be my my way of doing it. These are boring answers, but that's the way for success. There is no, no s-
1: like they say, banking is boring. So
0: yeah, yeah. So there is no single thing that you know what you can do, and then things can turn around table. Uh, I don't think life and business is such easy.
1: With that, it's a wrap on this edition of the State of Economy podcast. We'll come back to you very soon with another very interesting topic that's rocking the world of finance. Till then, do take care.